is Ashley, and this is Let's Talk Dispatch. I knew. <laughs> You're going to do it. Do it really well. And I believe the world needs more dispatchers. years that I'm not working Fourth of July. Fourth of July. Community policing, right? What about community So on this show, with the help of my guests, we will educate, empower, and support the heroes behind the headset. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode here at Let's Talk Dispatch. I'm super excited for today's interview. Um, Ryan, I reach out to him for a lot more than I'd like to admit to. Um, but I had this idea that I wanted to connect with someone um, from an organization that if you're not familiar with, you should get familiar with. Um, so Ryan was able to connect me with my guest today. April. She has an extensive background in the 911 industry uh, with over 30 years of service on both the public sector and the private side um, of dispatch as well. Um, She's currently the 911 and PSAP operations director at the National Emergency Number Association, known to most folks as Nina, and she has graciously agreed to join me today to talk about her experience and Nina as an organization to the everyday dispatcher. So I'm going to go on, go ahead and bring April on with me. Hi, April. Hey, how are you today, Ashley? I am doing well. I I went to shift for a little bit of overtime and came back here to jump on this interview with you. So I'm super excited. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm really happy to be able to talk about what uh, Nina is and how it supports you all in the uh, 911 profession. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your experience in 911. How'd you get involved in this uh, line of work? Well, um, I started off many, many moons ago as a public safety telecommunicator, just like you. Um, I worked my way up in that in in the organization that I served for 26 years, from telecommunicator to director. Um, throughout that time, trust me when I say there is not a single job I did not perform in a PSAP. <laughs> So uh, in, when you're, as I was doing that, I got involved with Nina. Um, I, I attended my very first conference. The first conference I ever attended with Nina was um, a long time ago called the um, TDC, the Technical Development Conference. Mm-hmm. And it was the first year that they did the Operational Development Conference in conjunction with with the technical development side. Mm-hmm. So, um, and basically what it did is it, Nina is a standards development organization. So it was the conference to go to, to mm-hmm. get involved in standards development. Um, and in that, at that very uh, first conference, I, we, I went to the conference and um, I chose the track of the, of TURT. Um, and it was before TURT had actually started. Um, the standard came about before we started deploying TURT teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I sat down next to um, this very lovely lady from Colorado, um, mm-hmm. Monica Million, who eventually became the president of NINA. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's, it, we have been very good friends uh, ever since that 
very first conference. Um, but I kind of got the bug. I got bit by the bug when I was sitting there and, and working three days in a room with um, like-minded individuals creating this new standard because of um, a hurricane that mm-hmm. ripped through New Orleans. Um, and they were just absolutely um, devastated by that hurricane. And you heard the stories and then you literally rolled up your sleeves and you started working on this document. And Mm -hmm. fast forward about eight to 10 months and the standard became a reality. And um, then we were able to start deploying teams. And it was one of those things that was like, wow, I, I actually had a hand in the industry, had a voice. And boy, did I like having a voice. Um, <laughs> so I stayed, I stayed in, involved and I started um, joining working groups. And then eventually I became um, a working group chair. And then I became a, a committee co-chair within the Development Steering Council and, and so on. So it just... It's been a very awesome um, career that I have been able to be a part of. But it started by just simply sitting down with like-minded people and lending a voice. That's awesome. And I think it's so interesting. Like, I always talk to people who have been doing 911 for a long time. And they're always like, thanks for pointing that out, Ashley. But like genuinely, like being around 911 for this long um, you've got to see it develop. I mean, realistically, it's only, what, 50 years old of a service here? And you've played such an instrumental role in developing, you know, these type of protocols. And I would imagine just building Nina up as an organization in general from putting all those years in. Right. So I, you know, for years, I was a Nina member. I started off as as a sim- simply as a Nina member. Um, and then I became a contributor, volunteered my time in our standards development side, which anybody can do. Anybody who has been involved in the industry has the opportunity. You are a subject matter expert in your field and you have the opportunity to lend your voice. And it's really important that you do. Um, it doesn't matter if you come from a one seat PSAP in a very rural place within the United States, or you come from a 180 member PSAP that is in a very large metropolitan area. Um, you have a, an expertise that needs to be heard. And our standards development in particular, we need to hear from all walks of um, PSAPs, every single PSAP in the United States, because it helps us to make well-rounded standards um, and best practices that in turn your PSAP follows. So mm-hmm. you, it's, it's like getting involved in, um, in your own PSAP. When you first are a brand new baby telecommunicator, you know, you, you learn everything you can. Well, then eventually you're like, okay, now I need, I'm ready to do a little bit more. So maybe Mm -hmm. I want to be a trainer. 
Um, So then you become, maybe you become a CTO Mm -hmm. and then eventually you're like, "Mm, you know what, I'm, I'm, I like this training gig and, and being a TC, but maybe I want to be a supervisor. Well, each and every time you do that, you learn something new, right? Mm -hmm. Well, these, all of those bits and pieces end up becoming parts of the overall operational standards and best practices that we create. Um, And they also lend voices to the technical standards that we create. When a PSAP needs to implement some technology or they need a, they need to know, well, how, how fast should I answer a call in my PSAP? Um, what are the best practices uh, with the questions that I ask? Am I keeping up with the industry? Am I doing things like others are so mm-hmm. I can um, lessen the liability within my PSAP? Um, mm-hmm. Go to these standards and best practices to utilize those um, mm-hmm. and to make them into your policies and procedures that you follow in the PSAP. I bet you would be surprised at how many of our standards, your PSAPs absolutely actually follow um, and have written into your standards or into your, I'm sorry, into your um, policies in Mm -hmm. your policy. Yeah, no, definitely. And I do want to kind of circle back to um, when you said like dispatchers are subject matter experts. And I, I want to empower dispatchers to really take that to heart. Because I do think at times we can feel like, you know, we're a small part, even though we are the big part. But I think at some locations and comp centers, dispatchers can feel like they're not a subject matter expert and they're kind of just going with the flow. But like this job is so unique and the ability to do the things we do really, we really are, uh, you know, experts on this line of work answering 911 calls, de-escalating, all these things that stem from it. And folks really should be owning that as as a part of their identity in this line of work. Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, oh, I'm just a dispatcher. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I just I just take the call. I, I'm just a call taker. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even, and quite frankly, I think that stems from them also hearing that from the other side of the radio, mm-hmm. sometimes, oh, you're just a dispatcher. Um, and quite frankly, that I get so frustrated when I hear that because mm-hmm. you make a difference in people's lives every single day from a simple lockout, somebody calling and, and they're hysterical because they've locked their keys in their car. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, sometimes we go, how, how stupid can you be? Why, why would you have locked your keys in your car? But what we don't know is all of the things that go on behind the scenes, right? It could be that they just got a call from the, the hospital because their mom's just been taken by ambulance and they were so wrapped up in, in trying to get somewhere, do something that they accidentally locked their keys in their car. Those moments when you say, okay, I'll, I've got an officer on the way to, to with a lockout tool, they'll be able to pop your lock and, and get you on the way. Or you go, okay, we don't do that service, but you know, here's a, here's a number of a locksmith or a wrecker service that you can call and you can, they can come out and pop that car for you so you can get on your way. Those little things, that's a small thing. 
Mm-hmm. But you don't know how big it could be to that person on the other end. Not to mention the fact, I mean, for heaven's sakes, you, you save people's lives. I mean, yeah. how many times have you delivered a baby or you've um, provided CPR instructions or uh, that's, that's just on the call taker side, right? Think about the dispatch side. How many times has a law enforcement officer or firefighter or EMS personnel gone home safely because of you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, think about those things. But it is huge. We absolutely need our public safety telecommunicators. You run the world. Mm-hmm. And what I what I have come to find the more I research, um, I'm always someone who likes to find more things. <laughs> and with that, I stumbled upon like organizations like Nina um, and looking into you know kind of your guys' goals and mission and what you guys are providing. Uh, for dispatchers and for the folks who aren't familiar um, with Nina, what is kind of like a, a catch-all for your guys' organization, maybe a mission or goal um, that these folks can relate to if they want to dive in more? Absolutely. So Nina is an association and as an association, we, um, we're we member-driven, um, but we really serve more than just our members. We serve the greater 911 community as a whole, which is tens of thousands of public safety 911 professionals um, that really just do everything from being a telecommunicator all the way through to being a director. So every aspect of a PSAP, not in to include GIS personnel, any type of technology um, personnel that handle all of your uh, equipment within your 911 centers. Um, We also uh, have members that are vendors on the vendor community. What we call them is our industry partners because we partner with them to create the technologies that help you on the 911 side of the house. Um, so with, as that, what we do is we try to provide the best possible emergency response through standards development, training, thought leadership, outreach, and advocacy. Um, really, all of those different aspects. So as I mentioned, I, I've already kind of gone into the standards development side because that's really my where I'm... Um, my first passion is, um, but we do, we provide a huge catalog of training, re- training courses mm-hmm. for our public safety and I'm one professionals. Um, we, in addition to the training that we do, we have, um, we do an advocacy role within the governmental side. So at a federal level, we work with organizations like the federal communications commission, who is responsible um, for setting all of the um, standards, basically they're not really standards, but the rules for mm-hmm. the nine one one for carriers mm-hmm. um, on the tele- telephony side of the house, um, and that's a really big deal. You don't think about that when you're a telecommunicator that much, but just the information that comes in on your nine one one screen is all. Um, subject to what the FCC requires our telephony providers to do. Mm-hmm. So we ensure, we, we work with the FCC to ensure that the rules that they're 
deploying on the carrier side make sense and they also provide what it is you're needing to be able to get the best location you need um, and requiring other parts of uh data that come along with that call. Um, we work with the uh, the federal side and Congress in regards to various different um, pieces of legislation that come about. Uh, dispatcher reclassification right now. Where yeah, um, and that's a really big deal. But there's where reclassification is concerned. It's more than just um, the legislation that gets introduced. Um, but that's already been introduced in two different Congresses and it haven't, hasn't gotten anywhere. That doesn't mean that we can't push it in other ways. Um, so working with the 911 program office at the national level to make sure that they have a toolkit for PSAPs mm-hmm. to ensure that they can make sure their, um, their job classifications, their job descriptions are up to speed so that when um, when the Office of Management and Budget does another study in mm-hmm. regard to um, the telecommunicator position, then all of the information that they need is going to be there because they, they really mm-hmm. run out of data and data is a really big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's... A lot of different aspects that Nina does on your behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's a lot of different aspects that um, you can get involved in within Nina that help you in your profession. That's awesome. And one of the things that I'm really excited about with um, Nina that I'm currently in the process of getting ready for studying for is the EMP certification. Um, And the more I look like at the study guide and just how extensive the knowledge that you gain from just studying for this test. um, It's things that you really don't think about on the base level, right? Of like just my everyday job. Um, And it really starts to, looks like it dives into a lot of the operations and just things we don't really think about at the line level. Um, So can we talk a little bit about EMP and that certification that you guys offer and what that's all about? Yeah. So the EMP is the Emergency Number Professional Certification. And it is a certification that is the gold line standard for 911 professionals across all of North America. And that doesn't just stop at the U.S. borders. That includes Canada and Mexico. so it, that gold line certification, we have a lot of different organizations now. Most of the um, the different PSAPs across the country are now requiring an EMP certification mm-hmm. as baseline knowledge for management positions um, mm-hmm. within PSAPs. And what it basically does is it says that you are a mastery of the comprehensive knowledge base that is required in emergency in an emergency number professional program. Um, and what that basically means is you know the technology, the operations, the HR, everything to do with the 911 industry. Thank you. 
Before we continue, we wanted to take a moment to thank our partners at Prepared. You can learn more about the awesome support and technology Prepared provides to first responders by heading to prepared911.com. Partners like Prepared help to continue our mission of supporting, empowering, and educating the heroes under the headset. You can learn more about our resources and partnerships by heading to theraspydispatcher.com. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, that's awesome. I started, just kind of started studying for it and getting into some study groups. There's a lot of study groups out there, folks, uh, uh, for people trying to obtain this certification. Um, And a lot of people just trying to help each other learn. Because I mean, 911 really is, I mean, it's a beast, right? You know, it it got a lot of ins and outs and things that we just don't even consider when we're doing this job as, as a dispatcher in the comm centers, um, as a call taker. Um, and, and I think more importantly, what I'm finding when, when I'm looking at this material is you start to figure out all the things you could potentially go into in this line of work when you're no longer wanting to answer 911 for whatever reason. Um, there's so many different aspects. This knowledge from the certificate provides you on ways you can go into private sectors and things like that and still contribute to the fur- furtherment of 911 emergency services. Absolutely. So, um, you know, as I told you, I started off at, in the PSAP myself. Mm-hmm. And because of, number one, I am an EMP. Um, mm-hmm. That, But because of my EMP, because I was involved in the standards development side, the more I, I became involved, the more I learned Mm-hmm. The what happens as you get involved like that is it does open those doors. It mm-hmm. opens your opportunities to when you're ready to move out of the 911 center, that it allows you to get to know private sector folks mm-hmm. and, and the folks on the private sector that say, hey, I need your knowledge to make sure that the products and services that I am delivering to the 911 centers are exactly what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is very, very important to the private sector, but you really need to put forth the effort to learn as much as you can and to allow yourself to, to take these certifications like the EMP, um, another class that Nina offers that is also very, very beneficial in the PSAP is our, um, CMCP and that's our center manager's certification program. That's a week-long course that um, helps you to develop yourself into that manager of a PSAP. How do you staff your PSAP? How do you be a PIO when when you have the press contacting you and you need mm-hmm. to, to give a press release or you need to, um, what do you say? How do you do those things? Um, the, the CMCP class allows you to do that. CMCP and EMP are both um, certifications that are a lot of manager managerial positions are now requiring. So interesting because, you know, I definitely think that what I like about it as well is that it is something that you can convince your department to pay for. <laughs> and it's also something that if your department doesn't have the funding or backing or, you know, whatnot, that it is something that you can go get on your own. And you can, especially with the EMP, 
I'm finding it, it's kind of at your leisure. You know, you can study, study, study. And the certification is offered multiple times throughout the year. Um, I believe in person as well as virtual um, testing situations. Um, so for folks who, you know, have uh, maybe some anxiety behind test taking situations, you know, it kind of provides a couple different options for folks to be successful. Yeah, one of the things in regards to our ENP um, testing process that is very important to know is that it's not one test. Mm -hmm. um, the test actually randomly draws a certain number of questions from a question bank mm -hmm. in various different parts of the knowledge base. So you may have so many questions on HR, so many questions on the technology side, so many questions on operational aspects, so many questions on um, legislation that affects um, your industry. Um, and so nobody will ever take the exact same test because wow. the test gets randomly drawn. So it's just a huge knowledge, uh, a bank of knowledge that those questions are drawn from. That's awesome. And, and um, I know ENP, there's a recertification aspect of it. Um, is that, is that just for that certification or is it typically all the certifications have some type of uh, window where you have to recertify in some way, shape or form? For the EMP, we, EM, the EMP is the only one that has that specific recertification. Mm -hmm. um, and basically what it is, is that as an uh, number, emergency number professional, you have to show you have um, mastered continually, you're continually mastering your, mm -hmm. um, your industry. So you're showing your, maybe you're writing an article, you're doing, um, you're attending so many um, conferences or mm -hmm. classes or things like that volunteering in standards development organizations, getting involved in your local NINA chapters so that you can, um, you also get points for doing things like that. So once you're an EMP, volunteering is also a really good way for you to continue to stay um, up on your, the points that you need to have uh, for your recertification. Awesome. Um, what does membership look like? You know, what does it include when folks decide to to jump on the NINA train? Yeah. So um, different type. we have different types of memberships. Uh, specifically right now, we're talking about telecommunicator. Our telecommunicator membership is um, actually, luckily, the least expensive right now. Uh, so it's, it's $60 a year to be a telecommunicator member. Um, what it includes, though, is free access to our web webinar Wednesdays. We offer uh, a webinar Wednesday every month that is uh, that can be used towards your EMP recertification. Um, but it also it's on various different topics that are hot topics, new, fresh things that you need to know um, in your profession. Um, we also have a huge digital library of the webinar Wednesdays, so you can go back and um, watch those on demand. Um, mm -hmm. th so that's uh, very beneficial. So you get a lot of ed free education. Um, you get digital access to our Nina publications. We have the Call Magazine um, that is produced on a quarterly basis. So it comes out four times a year. 
that also has a uh, treasure trove of information so you can stay um, up to date on things that are happening in your industry. Uh, there are also uh, there's also a TC only resource page and other types of special trainings and scholarship opportunities mm-hmm. uh, for for telecommunicator members. Awesome. Now, and, and not to mention again, volunteering. You can volunteer even if you're not a member. You can mm-hmm. volunteer to be a part of our standards development process. Mm-hmm. And if, anybody is interested in learning more, you can go to our website, which is nina.org, N-E-N-A.org. And at, along the top, there's a, a, a tab for membership. There's a tab for standards and best practices. There's a tab for committee uh, committees. And under the committees tab, the third tab down is get involved and that you go there, you can find all the different um, working groups that we have available right now to get involved, whether you're really interested in technical information and you can just get involved in the working groups just to listen. Um, Mm -hmm. You don't have to initially participate. If you just want to be um, an observer, you can observe the working groups before you actually join them to see if really something you want to do. That's super simple. And it's usually um, about an hour a week that mm-hmm. we have a, a call. It's uh, through Zoom. Um, mm-hmm. We have calls that we can work on these various different documents that we're working on. That's awesome. And I believe um, if you do, if you, if you are a member, you get discounts on some of these certi- certifications and test process as well, right? Yes. So if you're a member, you, there are certain discounts for various different things, conference attendance, um, different educational, if you wanted to um, ha- be, you know, join one of the uh, classes that we're offering, you can, um, you do get a member discount for that. But if you're an ENP, you get an even bigger discount. So um, that's, that's also another uh, advantage to becoming an EMP. Very cool. And in regards to membership, do you guys offer um, like comm center discounts? If, if a center wanted to get everybody a membership, is that something that you guys offer as well? We sure do. So we do have group memberships and in those and the packages actually include um, full memberships all the way that including that also include telecommunicator memberships, um, as well as uh, a lot of the the bigger the the group you have, the more you get educational courses. So Mm. they get a few different educational courses um, per year, just for doing the group membership. That's awesome! Very cool. And um, also give its discounted prices. Perfect. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to spit it to my agency. Like, look, we we should get a group membership going here. I'm at a smaller agency now, so I think I think they they might swing it. We'll see. <laughs> Well, the nice thing also about memberships, remember, is, you know, I'm talking about our um, conferences getting discounts, but even your local state state conferences Mm -hmm. will give you a discount typically for members as well as EMPs. So if you're, whether you're going to a a state conference or a national conference, it does give you um, discounts that way. 
Awesome. So Nina, you know, has the main organization and then each state has the opportunity to have their own Nina branch off. Is that kind of how it how it's set up? Yep. So we have um, chapters at each state level um, and the chapters oftentimes have their own state uh, meetings. On, it depends on the chapter. Most of them are probably quarterly um, mm-hmm. where the various different members will come together. They'll hear what's going on at the national level, but then they can also s- discuss and work on things at the state level. Um, chapters oftentimes, like I said, have their own conferences, um, mm-hmm. but they they a lot of times have their own um, working groups or committees within mm-hmm. their chapter that work on maybe state legislation mm-hmm. or um, the conference. Sometimes it's other things like EMP certification at the state level where they have um, different study groups and things like that to entice um, new ENPs. That's awesome. Um, so one question that I ask everybody who comes on the show with me um, is what advice would you give someone who is um, interested in becoming a dispatcher or getting into this career? What is one thing, one nugget that you would provide them with all your experience in this line of work? Well, first, I, well, the first thing I would say is don't hesitate to do it. Because it is a very enriching career path. And I really want to, I'd really say it's truly a career path. It's a calling. I don't really know very many folks who get into the 911 field and don't get bit by the bug. And what I I mean by, by that is even if you, you decide, oh, you know what, this career path really isn't for me and you decide to leave it you would be surprised how many of us come back to it mm. because they, they leave and they go, wait a minute. I really miss it. I, I really mm. loved helping people. Um, and it is, it is definitely something that you get to help people every single day and you make a difference. Um, and I, I don't think that there's a lot of careers that can say I make a difference. Mm-hmm. I help people every day. I, I am, what I do is important. Um, and this one is. That's amazing. April, thank you so much for coming on here, talking about Nina. Um, genuinely, I, I tell people all the time, one thing about hosting this show is I get more knowledge. <laughs> so we're giving it out to the people, but then I get to get to hear it first. <laughs> so I really do appreciate uh, you taking time out of your day and coming down here to share um, the the benefits of Nina with the folks who listen to the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. And and I'm also going to just throw my, one more little thing out there. Ooh. It is my job and Nina to help you and to help the industry. So if anybody needs assistance for whatever reason, um, whether you're looking for policy options, um, you need to understand how to fix something or whatever it is, don't hesitate to reach out out to us at, at Nina. We are here to help you. That's why we do what we do. Amazing. And I'll include all that contact information in the information section of this episode as well. Um, so folks can find Nina.org easily and check out all the chapters, certification, trainings, all the great things you guys got going over there at Nina. 
All right. Thank you so much, Ashley. You are wonderful. Keep doing you. Thank you. I'll be right back with you, April. All right, everybody. That was another great episode here at Let's Talk Dispatch. Make sure to check out Nina.org. Like April said, there's a lot of great information on there, whether you're running a PSAP as a supervisor um, or you're in a PSAP answering 911 and dispatching officers out. There's just a wealth of information on this site and opportunities, like April said, to get to volunteer, to connect with folks who get it um, and who are very interested in improving the services that 911 provides. Um, again, like, subscribe, tell a friend, and until next time, stay raspy, everybody. Thanks for joining us here on Let's Talk Dispatch. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave a five-star review. Consider joining our Patreon for exclusive content, early access to episodes, and discounts on merch at theraspydispatcher.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. All of these things help support the creation of more content because the world needs more dispatchers. Thank you all again for the love and continued support. And until next time, stay raspy.